This episode of Mascot Diaries is brought to you by Engineered to Entertain. From mascot championship rings to popcorn guns and giant mascot cell phones, Engineered to Entertain. Dear Diary, today I interviewed someone who is Archie and Trekkie. He's been a mascot for 11 years, since middle school, and he has some great stories. Take a listen. So how long have you been a mascot? I have been a mascot for 11 years now. Um, I started when I, when I was in middle school, and kind of have it's kind of grown from there for me, uh, just continuing to do this uh, kind of as it started in middle school. Awesome. And then so, I mean, from middle school, you did it in high school, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went from middle school to high school and then um, and then I went and did it uh, in college as well. So pretty much everywhere I've gone, I just continued to do mascot work. That's awesome. So it was like, were there any special privileges like for the seniors, like in high school, like you had to be a senior or did you do it like all four years and then... So, so I guess I'll kind of just give you, I guess, quick rundown. Um, it, it started for me when yeah. I when I was in middle school, where um, we kind of just got a brand new mascot suit in, and they had said to us, "Hey, we've got this in. Like, would anyone want to try it?" And I I was one of those people that when I was when I was younger, I wanted to try everything and, and do new things. So I just said, "Hey, great, you know, and I'll I'll try it out." And I I did it once for uh, it was the sixth grade orientation. And so after doing it, doing it, then I fell in love with it. Um, there was just something to it that I, I, I fell in love with doing. And, and I said, man, I, I want to continue to do this. And I, I, it just kind of fell, kind of fell into place where in middle school, they, they said, yeah, we would love to, if you would continue to do this throughout the year. Um, this is when I was in eighth grade. And, and so I just kind of continued to do it. And I traveled with our soccer team and, and a couple other teams to different, different away games and, at all the, the all the home games and I kind of said to myself then how cool would it be if I could continue to do this and do it on a on bigger levels after that I, I started doing it in high school and I did it from the moment from the moment I, I got there uh till, till the moment I left high school I, I did it all the way through there and and then I guess the story kind of just continues throughout my life from there <laughs> nice and so how many characters would you say that you've been because I mean 11 years is a long time <laughs> For me, I would say I've done about 20 different characters over the 11 years, um, and that that ranges from all different sports and um, and all different companies that I've worked for. So it, it wasn't just sports that I've done, but I've mostly been doing mascot work in sports. Nice. And I don't want you to pick like a favorite character or anything, but I mean, do you have like a special like? I mean, do you have a favorite type of maybe suit or like character that you really liked to play or like? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say I've got two um, that I specifically kind of like. One is I I actually really like suits that are bigger or, or that, that kind of have like a big belly to it. Things like that. I, those are always really fun for me, um, especially when you can shake the belly and, and do and do different things like that. Um, but the other thing that I really uh, type of character I like are pranksters um, and guys who like to kind of mess with people and do and, and do silly do silly things with fans and kids and, and all things of that nature. So I would say ones that are either bigger suits that kind of have like a bit of a fatter, fatter body to it, um, or ones that are a bit of pranksters and, and, and uh, guys that like to have some fun. 
No, yeah, I definitely, I dig those. Like, I love the big belly and stuff. Those are just funny. Just because, I mean, I'm going to bring it back. Like, I love the big chonies. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Those are my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Those are always the fun ones. And um, those are a lot of the mascots that I kind of looked up to uh, when I was younger and things that I would try and learn from. A lot of times were those bigger guys. Um, and it, and I've always said that I kind of wanted to do that. And I've gotten to do it a couple of times now where I've been in bigger bodies. And, and they're just always more fun for me. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so right now you're you're two different characters. I feel full time mascot jobs like are uh, not easy to come by, I guess. So like right now you're you're two uh, different mascots. I mean, do you want to talk about like that, like having more than one job and like how how you juggle all of that? Sure. Yeah, it's kind of funny when I when I was interviewing for this for the position that I'm in now. It was at least when I was applying, it was my understanding that I was just applying to be one one mascot, um, and then. It, it, and then during my interview with them, they had actually mentioned, yeah, well, we have two teams that we're actually looking for a mascot for. And this is and, and kind of what was what was about the position. And so it, it really excited me. And, and getting to do baseball and soccer is really unique, um, especially for our ballpark as well, where, I mean, you have you have a baseball field and then you have to convert a baseball field into into a soccer field. So there, there is a lot that kind of goes into obviously that end, but in terms of mascot work, it definitely keeps me busy. Um, I work a lot, but I'm getting to do what I love. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to, hard to argue with someone who gets to be a mascot and gets to be kind of silly, uh, and stuff like that. And I, I know I, I recently heard an interview with Dave Raymond. Uh, I think he, it might have been a couple of years ago where he described uh, mascots as professional idiots. And it, it always, it, it made me chuckle and, and I still kind of look back to it like, yeah, we, we kind of are professional idiots and there's no other job I'd rather have than getting, than getting to act like an idiot and, and having fun while also at the same time getting paid um, and, and, and making a living. So it, it, it's a blast. And, and even though, I mean, for most mascots, doing, doing one can be, can be pretty busy. Um, doing two is just, doing two is just as busy. Um, but at the same time, you just kind of learn to, organize and manage your schedules appropriately, appropriately and making sure you're also giving yourself some, some time off as well. So you can kind of rest and relax as well. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, I've, I've heard that quote, um, several times, the, the being a professional idiot, but, and I, I understand it, like understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, I feel like you have to be on your toes too, man, to be a mascot. Like, I mean, I know you're, you're silly and you're funny and stuff, but you also have to be on your toes because of the, like, the crazy people, like, all, like, everything that happens around you, the kids, the drunks, the women, maybe. Like, we'll get to that later on, but <laughs> I don't know, like. You no, know, I, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think it's more of just being, being aware of your surroundings, making sure that you're listening and, and, and seeing everything that's going on. Um, like, that's one thing that I kind of noticed with myself that, uh, I, when I was going to school, I was going for broadcast journalism and, and looking to do broadcasting in sports. But then I've always noticed with myself that if I ever go to a baseball game or even just a sports game in general, I usually don't talk too much. I'm very observant. I'm, I'm, I usually keep to myself and I'm kind of seeing whatever, what, what's going on, whether that's from a production standpoint or what the, or what the mascot's doing or what's going on in the stands. Um, and I think that's one of the big things that kind of helps me also as a mascot is just being very observant and knowing, knowing what's going on so that if there's something you can react to or something that you can be a part of or, or add to that experience, then making sure that you know what's going on. 
No, yeah, definitely. So many years of mascotting. And can you describe like any of your auditions, whether it was your, uh, I don't know if you had to audition to be the college mascot or how you landed this gig, if you had to audition or can you just describe yeah, that process? Sure. So, so um, for, for most of my mascot jobs, I actually haven't auditioned. Um, for, so for a lot of them, I've usually sent in photos or sent in, um, or sent in video clips. Um, or even sometimes I've had people actually come watch me. Um, and, and see me, see me uh, do it for an event or, or a game or things like that. But in terms of auditions, the one that I can vividly remember was when I was doing it for college. I, I at least to give you a little more background on me, I when, I when I was a senior in high school, I was looking at a ton of different colleges, and one of the biggest things I was looking at was to was to do mascot work at whatever college or university that I would end up going to. And I ended up going to Arizona State University where I, where I was Sparky the Sun Devil. And before I actually showed up to campus for my first day, um, I, I was already the mascot. And the way that kind of worked out was during my senior year of high school, I actually flew out to Arizona to go audition for, for their mascot or for the, for the mascot position. Um, and when I had flown out, I, I still remember them kind of being like, well, this is kind of weird. Like we have this 18 year old kid from New Jersey who is came and flew all the way out from Arizona, flew all the way out to Arizona to audition to be the mascot. And, and so I know I was getting a, like, a bunch of weird looks from other kids who were students and things like that. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't really care. I knew I was better than all of them, not, not to sound cocky or anything, but I just, I, I had that confidence that I knew I was going to be better than these guys because I've got more experience than most people had at that age. And for and and for the audition, some of the things that they had us do um, was they would teach us the walk. Um, like like our the Sparky had a specific, a specific walk that he would do, and so they would teach us the walk, and then they would see if we can how quickly we can get it correctly and demonstrate it. Um, one of the things they would have us do is put on the head, and then they kind of put us through like this obstacle course where we would have to do the walk, but then they would have maybe different people different people with, with trying to do high fives or hugs or, Hey, let me take a picture. And you would pretty much walk, walk around. And it was your job to make sure that you're looking everywhere and you can, and, and you can see everything. So if someone pops out of nowhere, whether it's in front of you onto the side behind, you could, you, you would know, Hey, where are they? So I can get them that high five or I can get them that, uh, and get them that selfie, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, so that was one of the things that they did with us. Um, and another thing, that I'll definitely never forget. Um, and one of the traditions that Arizona State has is that during football games, the mascot will do a push-up for every point that the football team scores. So, for instance, when they score, so when they score a touchdown, the first touchdown of the game, that's seven points, the mascot will jump up on, on, on what's called the Sparky board and do seven push-ups. And then say they scored another touchdown, you don't do another seven, you do 14. So you pretty much do however, whatever the score is for – Arizona State, you do that number of push-ups, and you're and we're seeing that a lot of times, and a lot in college nowadays with push-ups. And so, with us, obviously, you need to be able to do push-ups. So what they would what they would have us do is in front of everyone um, who was at the audition, it was, hey, max out on push-ups, do as many push-ups as you can in a row, um, and just keep going, no stopping, no no like pauses for for a quick break to or anything. It's do as many as you can, and they and they kind of wanted to see you push your, push yourself to the limit. So they kind of wanted to see your arms shaking to to the point where you physically could not go any longer. That's what they were looking for. It's is how many you could do. Um, and I know I know pretty much the number that 
we, they would have in the back of their head was 50 in a row. And if you can't do 50 in a row, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt your audition um, just simply because we need to know that you, you're able to do a lot of push-ups because there have been times where you're going to do well over 50. Like I'll, I'll never forget my, my first game I ever had to do as Sparky, which was my, my very first game my, my freshman year. I mean, we scored 60-something points uh, in that game. What? So I think my first – or I, I came in for just a quarter because we were kind of switching in and out during the game. And in the in the third quarter alone that I that I did, I had to do over 110 push-ups while also running around the stadium and, and doing and doing your typical mascot work. So the big I, the biggest thing I think with the push-ups was not only make sure you can do it, but also kind of showing them how physically fit are you. Um, so those were just some of the things from from that audition in particular that that I can remember. Oh man. But everyone really wants to know how many you did the day of the tryout. Like, how many push-ups did you do? Oh, I'm sure. The day of the tryout, I'm, I mean, to be honest with you, I want to say I did, like, 58 or 59. That's just a guess. All I do remember is that I need, I, like, I knew kind of going into it, they kind of gave me that little tip of, hey, make sure you can get over 50. Um, and so my biggest thing is just get over the 50. Get over 50 in a row. And then if I start struggling after that, then, then, I, uh, then I'll be okay. But just make sure you get over that. Um, I, I do remember that we had, we had one guy when I was auditioning who also, he ended up becoming the mascot as well. Cause at, at the school, we had a couple of different guys that did it and he did, he did over a hundred. And I remember looking at him like, Oh man, like he really showed, showed all of us up. <laughs> man, I can't, I'd be out. I'd be like, nope, can't do it. I have like no upper body strength whatsoever. Right. Yeah. I, and I, I didn't really have that much either, but I, I remember going into it just you know, like I was, I was at home. I would come home after, after class and when I was in high school and I would come home and I would just work on pushups and work out and see how many I could get. And every day I said to myself, I want to do one more than I did, than I did the next day. And, uh, pretty happy looking back on it now because it got, some, it, it got, it got me the position. So that was always a good thing. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. You you prepared. This wasn't on the questions that I sent you, but I feel like this is something that a few of my Twitter followers have been discussing, like the beheading ceremonies, like or what's your take on like the beheading ceremonies for college or graduating with like some props, you know, with the cap and gown? Like, do you mind sharing? Like, or did you do anything? Like, I'll give you my thoughts and then also kind of what there, what I did. One of the things I wanted to do, but it, the school actually wasn't cool with me doing it. <laughs> Um, was I wanted to actually walk with the pitchfork that we had. It was this big metal or steel. I'm not exactly sure what it was made of, but this big pitchfork um, that Sparky would walk around with. That was the one thing I kind of wanted to walk to graduation with that. Uh, but they, I think they more saw it as like a potential weapon and they were just afraid of potentially bad things happening. Not, not to say that I would do anything, um, but just who knows what other people could do. But what, so what I, I sort of did is just on not on my graduation cap, but the, uh, the, the sasher, I, I forget the technical term <laughs> of what it is, but I, I just, I, I kind of just put the mascot on there. And that was like, for me, that was my way of, of signifying it. But in terms of the beheading ceremonies, I am not a fan of them. I'm actually sort of against it. And just, and that's just my opinion. I, I, I'm a big believer in trying to, trying to keep it as much of a secret as possible and not ruining that illusion, especially for kids. And so for me, I, I, I don't like the taking off of the head. I've seen it done a couple of times because um, I've been at games where where it was the last game of the season and they took off the head. Um, like I remember, I remember I was at a University of Pennsylvania basketball game and it happened to be the last basketball game that that mascot was doing. 
And all of a sudden, he just kind of stood at the middle of the court and took off the head. And he got a massive standing ovation. And I thought it was, I thought, oh man, that's cool. And what great, what, I mean, what a great way to recognize the mascot. But at the same time, I just thought the way of taking the head off in front of a massive group of people just kind of ruins that, it ruins the beauty of a mascot. I don't think that should really ever be shown. Um, at least that's just me. Um, I also actually just recently saw it um, when I was out here with the Reno, um, the Reno Bighorns are the NBA G League team for the Sacramento Kings. And, and the man or the gentleman who did that um, for his very for his very last basketball game um, that I happened I happened to be there for, uh, he he took off the head and kind of waved to people um, and then walked walked off with the head or with the head off. And and again, cool, but at the same time, I like to I like to hide that. And so I'm not the biggest fan of it. I think there's maybe other ways of of getting around it. And like specifically for college, I think it's great if you walk with just one prop um, or something like that. Not necessarily walk with the head. But walk with a prop that you have, whether like like I guess in my case, um, I had said the pitchfork, or I've heard I've heard before maybe like the like if you're at Oregon, um, the Oregon Duck might they might wear the feet to um, while they're walking graduation. Um, so I think there's maybe little little things that you can do um, to maybe recognize that recognize a student at graduation or something. But to me, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the beheading of, of mascot. Agreed. I I just don't like to see that. And I can see if it was at, you know, a ceremony where there wouldn't be like a lot of kids around. But I just don't like that image of like the head being off. But I do like, uh, yeah. I feel like <laughs> the performer should get recognition. So I like the graduation pictures or just like walking with like the feet or whatever it is, like the prop and stuff. So yeah, right. definitely yeah, agree the, with that. The, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. What would you say is like the greatest obstacle you've overcome like while being a mascot like which whatever point in your career man that's a that's a tough question i mean i i i don't know if it's necessarily like an obstacle or anything that i've overcome but i i think it's more of just achieving a goal i i, I guess maybe is i mean maybe i'm sort of changing your question a little bit and correct me if i'm wrong but to me when i was in high school i actually remember writing in my in my yearbook um of like goals that i kind of wanted to set for myself and one of the goals that I set was to become a college mascot. And I didn't really think that, that it would happen. I kind of just said to myself, like, maybe that'd be cool. Um, and I, I think I wrote it like my sophomore, junior year that ended, ended up going in my senior year yearbook as one of those things to kind of like look back on. And, and so for me, getting the opportunity that I got to do that and now, now doing it on a professional level, I don't think I really ever imagined myself doing this when I was, when I was younger. I kind of just saw this as a fun hobby that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and now to say that it's kind of a career is pretty cool for me. And, but I'll, I will give you one other that maybe it's an obstacle that, I, that I've overcome and I, I still battle with it every day is that I, I have a chronic back problem. I have, I, I've got uh, what's called spondylolisthesis in my back. And it's just, it, it's just I mean, it's something major. Um, it could be more major than it actually is. It's, it's more on a, like of a lower grade, but it definitely still is something that I've been living with since I was about 14 years old. So pretty much when I started doing mascot work. And so that, that is one thing that I definitely watch with myself and I need to make sure that I'm, I'm physically fit and that I have a, a strong core um, and things of that nature to make sure that when I'm doing a lot of this masculine work that I'm not going to, that I'm not going to hurt my back. Um, and there are times where I'll come out of the suit and I'll be sore. Um, like it happened to me the other day, to, me, to be honest with you, I was in a lot of back pain. I think I might've had some muscle spasms or things like that. And so the biggest thing for me is just knowing, resting, relaxing, but also making sure, like I said before, making sure to stay fit, making sure I'm eating healthy and getting the right, the right amount of sleep, 
Um, and so I, I mean, if there's any obstacle that I, that I, uh, I'm overcoming and I'm working on is, is just w- with my back, but it doesn't necessarily take me out from doing too many things. It's just something that you work with. And I mean, everyone, I guess, kind of has different things that they overcome. And I guess that's just one of them for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could definitely see like the heavier mascots, like taking a toll on your back more so than, you know, one that doesn't have the big fat suit. Yeah, it, it, yeah, definitely that's doing like, and to give you an idea, like, for instance, with, with Archie, uh, the character that I am now, his his head is very, very heavy. I'm not sure of the exact weight, um, but I do know it weighs a lot and it rests right on your shoulders and your neck and things like that. So for me, um, it, it can be a little bit difficult and you just kind of, you just got to make sure, hey, you're taking the right amount of breaks and making sure that you're, you're stretching your neck and, and making sure that you, you're just taking care of yourself. That's, that's probably the biggest thing. Definitely get those pushups in. No, no, no that's more. Yeah, core. Right? Like, <laughs> no, I think you need core for that. But so, what would you say is the most daring stunt that you've done in this suit, whatever it may be, in like whatever suit, whichever one? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know if I've necessarily done really any crazy stunts. Um, I do remember when I was in college, they were working on trying to get us to do, uh, or, or they're trying to teach us how to learn how to dunk uh, a basketball off a trampoline. Um, and it was, it was actually pretty cool when they were teaching us this, we got to work with the original, the original gorilla for the Phoenix suns, mm-hmm. who's very, very, very well known. He, an incredible guy. And, uh, he, he owns, uh, this trampoline park in, in Arizona. And so he, he would actually work with us to try and teach us how to do it. Um, and I gotta tell you, people think it looks pretty easy and it has to be one of the most difficult things I've ever attempted. I, I never got the chance to do it in, in a game. Um, I think part of the reason why we never did it in a game is because not all of us could do it. Um, because that's one of the biggest things that, w- that we would face is making sure that, Hey, if there's something that someone does, we need to make sure that everyone does it because you don't want to ruin the identity and let people know, Oh, there's multiple people that do it. But that that's one I've tried um, in terms of like in-game stunts, to be honest with you, I don't know if I've actually ever done anything too crazy. Um, and I think part of that is also, um, just the organizations I've worked with um, in terms of the, the manpower or the money or, or different things like that to pull one of those off. But I will tell you that my ultimate stunt that I do want to do um, is I, it, my biggest thing is I want to skydive into a stadium as a mascot. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's one of my biggest things. I, I've seen some do it um, and I really, really want to do it. Um, I think that'd be and it's just incredible. I think it's, I think part of it is also because it's on my bucket list of something that I want to skydive. But I think getting to do, if you could, if I could combine my mascot background with getting to fall or jump out of a plane into a stadium would be pretty cool. And I guess, and, and I, I it kind of ringing the bell now. Um, I guess the one thing that I have done is I have uh, done a zip line in, in, in a mascot suit before. Not, it wasn't at a, it wasn't for a game. It was at an event, but I did zip line into the event. Um, so that is one thing, I guess, if you want to count that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. I mean, Oh man, the skydiving thing. Like, no, I'm afraid of heights. Like as I've gotten okay. older, like, I'm I'm done hike doing heights like even hiking like if I'm near like near the edge of like a cliff or something I start freaking out so but I didn't <laughs> used to be like that that's funny that you're like the sun's girl is like really well known right but I, I I've seen him twice at a Chuck's birthday party for the LA Clippers and yeah. I've shown the pictures to my mom and my mom's like 
who's which one's that one like what 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 is that actually a mascot and i was like yes mom like <laughs> yeah but my mom like yeah she's just she sees all these pictures and she's like oh like that's cute that's very colorful but like she has no idea like any of the mascots but anyways <laughs> yeah no no it's so funny and, and i mean I, I know one of the things that i was kind of questioning when i first learned about go the gorilla was wait why why do the phoenix suns have a gorilla like it just didn't make sense to me but then I, I guess that's kind of the nature with, with some mascots is you don't really know where they come from or why they or why they exist for the team. But at the same time, that's what makes them kind of so special. And, and it's amazing what, what the gorilla has done. I mean, ever, ever since he started, how he's been able to kind of make a name for himself. And I mean, he's now known as one of the best mascots to kind of ever be out there. And especially, I mean, one, one of the most iconic things that I can remember him doing is when he jumped, when he did a dunk through a ring of fire. And, and all I keep thinking is, man, I mean, you've got to be crazy to do that. I mean, you really got to yeah. be, and, and, and in a sense, you really got to be an idiot to do that. Because I'm also thinking, I mean, God forbid the suit catches on fire because he's, he's in fur. So, I mean, that's, what the, that's the one thing I'm thinking about is, oh, God, don't, like, don't get the suit on fire. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, some of these guys that work with the pyrotechnics, I'm just like, you're insane. Like, I've been there, like, in the arena. I mean, they've done it at Kings Games, too. But like, when I was little, I was huge on wrestling. So like the the pyros like would come through like the um I wasn't even sitting that close, but they would come up through like, you know, the four posts of the ring and stuff, you know, and this was yep. before like WWE got like big with all their stuff. But right. so, yeah, so I remember like when, I mean, and this was like years ago, like over 15 years ago, like Kane would walk down or whatever. And then so like his like fire went up, you know, when he did the whole like raising his arms and like bring yeah. him down or whatever. I don't know if you're familiar with wrestling. But... Oh, yeah, no, I, 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 I am. I, I, I used to not be the biggest wrestling fan. Um, and then it's definitely grown on me. I actually, as I've gotten older and I think I, I look at it more from I'm amazed at the production value that, that WWE yeah. does and, and things like that. But I also just appreciate the athleticism of the superstars. Yeah, it's scripted, but um, I, I, I just, the athleticism to me, it, it blows me away and, and things that they're able to do. Um, so I, yeah. I, I actually thoroughly enjoy watching it. And one of the things that I know that, like, I'm, that I, I want to try and bring, whether it's to the organization that I'm with now or just even to any organization in the future, is bringing sort of that WWE, I guess, uh, that style that they that they have and, and, and the production quality and things and bringing that to sports teams. And I think that's one thing that maybe some people don't know um, or they're just starting to learn is that that's what that's what's making the Vegas Golden Knights so successful lately, um, at least just from a production standpoint, is that they were able to take a lot of a lot of people from the WWE and areas similar to that and bring their creativity and their product and their production experience to their games. And that's what and, and so that's why we're seeing so many viral videos and things online of people talking about what's going on at Vegas Golden Knights games. And I, and I think it's, I, and, and to me, it's, it's just kind of a, like a, of a clapping of the hands to what WWE does and how those people are, are now bringing that into the sports world. Um, and I think it's just making that fan experience even better for people as well. No, yeah. I mean, well, I don't really like Vegas in general. Like, I I went there like once. I wasn't even twenty one. I went for like an Eddie Vedder concert, and I was like, eh, because like I don't know, gambling and clubs are my thing, and I don't know. But I went, and it's like you think shows and like gambling and all that. So I guess like when the Knights, you know, they had this hockey team, like it was like putting on this whole like show like you said like it was like this production and stuff and i think mm -hmm. it's like crazy over the top because i feel like the kings put on like a pretty good show and it's like 
I don't want to be here like all night because I have to go to work the next day. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I right. feel like that's the, there's just so much. And I was like, that's cool and everything. But how long does that take? How long does that add like on top of the game and everything? I mean, right. it'd be cool just to see like one time. Like I just want to go over there and then, you know, see the mascot and everything. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was just like, wow, like that's a lot of work. Like every single time, like. I mean, it's it's a crazy show. Like, I mean, I'm watching the playoffs right now, and it's like yeah, that and then they got yeah, they got like the night that kind of comes out and does like a whole spectacle on the ice and things like that. It's, I mean, I'm, I mean, some people love it, some people don't like it, but I I think it kind of just adds that fan experience and gets people really into it. Yeah, I think for like if you're if you're visiting, but I I don't know. I feel like if I was there, like if I live there, like I mean, I don't know. Right, every like, yeah, every game. I could get like there that. late, you know. <laughs> Yeah. How do you deal with like the unsupervised children, the crazy teenagers, um, the drunks, the ladies? And if you want to share a story for any of those. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, for me, the, the biggest thing is, I mean, you, you, you don't want to immediately run away, sort of. That's been my, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is you don't want, you don't want to just immediately go away because that might cause them to do more um, or try and do things more or come after you. The biggest thing that I, that I've kind of found is, is trying, is just trying to, in a sense, remove yourself from the situation, but doing it slowly and in a, try and do it in a comedic way, things like that. But also, uh, I, a lot of times in these situations, you want, you want to, I mean, this is why you have mascot handlers. This is why you have that extra person to walk around with you that can obviously speak on behalf of you. Um, and when you're in, and when you're in situations like this, um, a lot of times you want to rely on them to kind of intervene and just say, Hey, like, like you just be careful, um, or, or, or making sure that kids aren't doing certain things. I know one of the things that I've dealt with a lot, um, in, in, in past suits that I've worn are, is having a tail. And when I've had a tail, a lot of times you're going to have kids or, and a lot of times even adults yank on your tail, whether it's really yanking on it hard or just kind of tugging on it a little bit. And that's one of the things that I've kind of battled with. And one, and, and so what I learned when I was younger, when I, when I was with a tail, um, and I learned this from one of my mentors was not necessarily like swiping and trying to hit someone, but kind of swiping your hand back to the tail and trying to like, trying to hit the tail. And maybe, I mean, maybe if you hit their hand, you hit their hand, um, but just trying to swipe back there and, and just trying to let them know like, Hey, like don't touch that area. And, and maybe when you come up to them, turning around and just kind of wagging your finger and saying, no, no, no. Um, or not, not physically saying no, 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 but with your finger telling them no. Um, those are just some of the things. Um, but like I said, I, I think the biggest thing that I, that I've really taken away is trying to carefully remove yourself from the situation, but doing it in in a comedic way or in a way that they're not going to be offended by you leaving. I I mean, there have been times where I've had like accidentally a little beer spilled on me or things like that. And and when that sort of happens, then I usually will move quickly away from the situation because you don't want it to you don't want it to escalate and get worse. So, so like I said, I mean, I, I think it's more of just trying to remove yourself, but in a but in, in in a comedic way and not and not trying to make anyone upset or hurt. Um, but that's also why you like, like I said, why you have your mascot handlers, so that if there are situations that arise like this, that that you can quickly move away. Now, there are a lot of times where you don't have, have a handler and those things can be difficult and you just try and figure it out on your own. To give you an example, I was just recently doing a soccer scrimmage that was, um, a, that was uh, about an hour away from here. 
and at the scrimmage, there happened to be a lot of kids who were watching and we had a, we had this kids clinic before. And so a lot of them had soccer balls and they were starting to throw the soccer balls at me. And at first, like maybe one or two, like, okay, whatever, like I can shake it off. I won't get upset. But when it kind of starts to get it's repeating itself a lot and you're having 10 to 20 balls getting thrown at you and, and things like that. It's, it's okay. How do you do this when you don't have a hammer? How do you remove yourself from the situation? And so what I immediately did is just kind of ran. I just, I ran like in a, like in a funny way, like, Oh, la la la. Like I'm just running away and I'm going to try and go interact with another group. Maybe there's like, there's a group on the other side of the field and just be like, okay, I gave this group, like I gave this side a little bit of love for 10 minutes. Now I'm going to go give the other, the other side of the field a little bit of love. Um, and so, so that was one where I just said, you know what? It's only going to get worse if I stay here. So let's just run away and hopefully the situation will kind of just die out on itself. And that when you come back, it's not going to happen again. And if it does, then that's kind of where you, where you might need to go up to someone and just tell them, Hey, you might need to go and approach them and say, Hey, this is what's going on. I, I need a little bit of help. Or you just maybe avoid that, situ- avoid that area for however, as long as you can. It's, I think the biggest thing is just trying to figure out how people are reacting and what people are doing so you know how to best approach the situation. No, yeah, definitely. I wanted to touch on uh, your traveling. Like, I mean, you said you were originally from New Jersey and then you went to Arizona State and then you had mentioned some like traveling to me like in, in our messages where you moved specifically for the mascotting position. And that's something that I struggle with. Like, I don't know if I could like ever move like anywhere else. Like I've lived in Southern California yeah. all my life and like I I don't know, maybe I would move it to Seattle, but I don't know. Um, so I don't know. Can you just talk about like the pros and cons of like that and maybe talk about like where you moved or um, whatever you want to give away? No pressure. Yeah, sure. I mean, so like I said, I, I'm originally from New Jersey. Um, and so I did, I did a lot of mascot work there. Um, like I, I, I worked for the Camden River Sharks, which was um, a team in the in, in the independent baseball league. Um, so I worked, I worked with them well, and I actually did that while I was in high school. Um, while also doing like high school mascot work. I also worked for this professional team and did three different mascot suits for them that they had. Um, so I would do that. And then even when I came home from college, my freshman year, I, I was working for them. So I did a lot of work there, um, and worked for a mascot agency while I was in New Jersey, um, as well in, in, in high school. And then from there, uh, I ended up, uh, like I said, going to Arizona State, so moved to Arizona, and that was a lot of the reason why I, I went to school there was not only for the journalism program, um, but it was also for the mascot work. So then right immediately from Arizona, right after school, I went to, or I, I moved to Los Angeles, um, where I did a little bit of social media work and was kind of, I kind of got out of doing mascot work for a couple of years, just maybe doing some side stuff um, every now and then to make some, to make some money. And then it kind of ended up happening where I moved jobs and I started to work for the LA Kings. And while I was with the LA Kings, um, I was introduced to Bailey and, and we kind of had spoken and he had said, well, I'm, I'm looking for a guy to do some, to do some backup mascot work just to kind of help him out and help his schedule. And since I was already working for the team, he had said, well, I mean, this is perfect. Why don't, I mean, I can get some professional experience and get, and get, and get to do something new and new suit and things like that. Um, it just gave me an opportunity to do that. And I've been working with him and, and getting to do some events and, and stuff like that. And then from, from moving from LA, I, I took this job to be, to be the mascot here for the aces and, and for 1868 FC. So 
I've definitely traveled um, a little bit and I kind of went from one coast to the other and then went from a big, big city to uh, the biggest little city in Reno. So I definitely travel a lot for it, but I, I love it. And I mean, I'm very open to, to traveling and going to new places and, and, and trying new things. Um, so for me, there really weren't, well, it wasn't too many cons, I guess, in terms of the, of the move. I mean, yeah, moving kind of sucks and, and having to pack all your stuff up and, and go somewhere a little bit further away isn't the best. But for me, the way I saw it was I'm getting to do a job that I absolutely love. So as long as I'm doing a job that I love, then I, I think I can kind of work work on where I'm living. And, and plus, it's somewhere new and I can make new friends and meet new people and um, just another way to kind of expand my connections and my and, and just and my understanding of, of so many different things. Nice. I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of pros besides like moving, you know, I mean, and then you get all this experience. And then I don't know, I feel like that that's really cool that you got to network with Bailey and stuff. But I don't know, I always like to ask this, like, do you have any regrets? It's tough. I mean, maybe I, it's so hard because I, it, it's, I don't think I really have that many regrets because I've kind of gotten to do most of what I've been able to do. If there was anything, I would probably say not doing Sparky at Arizona State all four years. And I don't know if I necessarily see that as a regret. What I, I did for, for my first three years, I did from a freshman to a junior, and I actually stopped my senior year. And part of the reason why I stopped my senior year is I felt as though that I was so, foc- um, so focused in being a great Sparky and doing so many events that it, uh, I started to notice my grades were slipping a little bit. And it was really important to me to, to graduate from college um, and, and, and get that college degree. It was extremely, it was like getting my education was really what was most important to me. And so I had said, you know what? I mean, I, I think at that point, I didn't know if I was going to have uh, a career in this, but it was definitely something that I enjoyed. And I kind of said, you know what? I think maybe it's time that I stopped um, for a little bit and really focused on what I, what I believe is more important. Um, and looking back on now, there, I did some incredible opportunities during my senior year and, and doing, um, I was a broadcast journalism major. So kind of focusing on the broadcasting, like I, I got to cover the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl and when it was in Arizona. And I also got to cover uh, baseball spring training. Um, and so I got to do a really cool, op- a lot of cool opportunities my senior year that if I had been doing mascot work, it, I probably wouldn't have been able to do really any of those it's hard for me to say that I, that I live with regret with that just because I did so many great things and I know it was really good for me um, in terms of bettering my, my career and, and being more mature. But at the same time, I do have a little bit of regret just thinking, man, how awesome would it have been to get to do it my senior year? So I, it, it's tough for me because like I said, I, I, I don't regret it, but at the same time, maybe I regret it just a little bit. So it's kind of a, a healthy mixture, I would say. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you need to step back and especially like if you're trying to graduate like in in four years and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's always going to be in the back of your head. But I mean, just trust that. I mean, you have all this experience. Things turned out okay. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) things things have turned out turned out pretty well. So, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to really complain. Yeah. (laughs) So what would you say is the hardest thing about mascotting? Like whether whether you want to generalize it or make it personal? The one thing that um, I would say for me is just kind of wishing that you could do something for everyone, but you just can't. Um, it's just kind of the nature of the job is that, oh, and a lot of times, I, I mean, I get this all the time. It's if you're shooting t-shirts out of a t-shirt gun or, or throwing out a giveaway or whatever it may be, 
you, I mean, for me, it's, I want, I, I, if I could, I would give every person in <laughs> that comes to every game a t-shirt yeah. if I could, or, or if I could get a picture with every, with every person that comes to the game, I would, if I could, but there are just certain things in our schedules and, and things that don't necessarily allow for us to, to do that. Or, or if we need, I mean, I mean, we need breaks. Um, I think sometimes maybe even fans forget that like, Hey, we're running around like crazy. Like every now and then we need a little bit of water. So like, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be back. Like, that's my biggest thing is like, if I, if I really need to get somewhere and, and I see this person really wants to see me, I'll try and, or I'll try and like give some sort of signal or let my hand or let my handler know, like, Hey, like, let's figure out a way to get back to that person. Um, but at the same time, it's so hard to necessarily promise to everyone that you can give them that shirt or get them that autograph or whatever it may be, just because you only have a certain amount of time. And so do they, whether they have kids and they need to make sure they leave the game a little early because of bedtime or, or school the next day or, or whatever, whatever may have you. There's so many, so many things that come up. Um, so I would say for me, it's just wishing you could give everyone everything they want, but unfortunately you just can't. It, it's just the nature of the job. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like, cause I've been in a suit, like, I mean, it's just the Easter bunny, but it's, it's tough. Cause you're like, man, I like really need water. Like I'm starting to cramp right now. You know, like I need water, but like there's so many people online that want pictures or just like the coworkers that just don't understand. Like this past Easter, my coworker, who, there's two bunnies. She wasn't, fe- she wasn't feeling well. She totally like, it was not kind to her. She was like sick and afterwards. And another coworker had commented not knowing that she had just thrown up and like was trying to like hydrate. And someone just like made a comment while we were, because we were away from the cleanup crew. And even though we were out of the suits, we had just gotten out of the suits and she just made this rude comment and we're like, what the heck? Like you weren't in a suit, like in this right. like hot weather. And like, and you didn't understand, like there was a ton of people and the event itself, like didn't go smoothly and it went like a bit over time. So we were really like dying in there, like as not like professionals, you know what I mean? Like we prepped, but we're not yep. professionals. And for her to just say that I was like, Oh my God, like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. She heard an earful afterwards, but anyways, yeah, but yeah definitely <laughs> like people just don't understand sometimes like, yeah. Um, but what would you say is the best part about mascotting? Oh, this is now see, this is easy for me. <laughs> I actually, it's funny, I wrote my, my college essay um, on, the, on, the, on this as well. And for me, I mean, it's, it's kind of a couple of things, but they're all kind of combined into one. And what I would say is like getting the, the smiles that we get to put on people's faces, whether it's kids, adults, grandparents, whoever it is, smiles, but the, the lasting memories and, and the impact that you can make on so many people. To me, that's really the best part, and that's where a lot of times I'll be—I could be sweating my butt off, and, and I'm—and I just—and I could be dying of heat. But at the same time, when you see that kid's face light up, um, that's the best. Um, one of the, one of my favorite things that I love to do is go to children's hospitals or different charity events, and uh, like, but especially with the children's hospitals, when you go and you see them, they're—they could have a big frown on their face, they could be crying, upset, whatever it may be, or they're just or they're tired whatever they're facing and you take the five minutes, maybe it is to just stop by their room, say hello, take some photos, make them laugh. And you put that smile on their face. It makes everything that I do worth it. I mean, there is, there really is nothing better. I, I don't, I, don't, I really don't know how to explain it. Um, I just recently did it about a month ago. Um, and I'll never forget. I, uh, this one kid who had, I mean, all this stuff, 
all over him. And, and I mean, he, you could just see that he was going through a lot. And I mean, it was crushing me inside just knowing that this kid, let alone any kid could be going through something like this and, and have to be sitting here. It's like, you're a kid. Like we, I want you to be outside and doing all this fun stuff. Obviously the world's not perfect. And, and there are some people that have to unfortunately go through some of these things. So the way I look at it is what can I do to just put that smile on his face and give him that thing that's going to maybe make his day a little bit better. And so he doesn't have to think about being in the bed or being in the, being in the hospital and, and just, and, and so getting to do that really is probably the best part of my job is, is putting those smiles on, on everyone's face and just, and giving them that memory that whether it lasts them a couple hours, maybe a day or however long it may be, um, that's what makes this job the best. And I would never want to trade it. And yeah, there are times where I could be saying, man, I'm exhausted or this and that, or I'm just really tired and I need a break. But then I look back on it and being like, but I get to do this. And this is the, this is not only the best part of my job, it's the coolest part. And it's, and, and it's what makes me love doing what I do. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, mascots make life better. Hashtag. <laughs> oh yeah. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> oh yeah i mean whether it's you know the kids in in the hospitals or whether it's just like the supermarket like i hate the market i'm sorry like so if i were to see a yeah. mascot in a market like i would to- it would totally make my day because like i that's one of the tasks that i hate doing on the weekend like when i got to do my stuff all my errands. right yeah yeah it just kind of throws <laughs> you off and you're like oh well this is interesting like yeah. what, what's going on here yeah if my market had a mascot like there every weekend i would love the market but <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> I wish. Um, so, uh, do you have any shout outs or, um, mascots that inspire you or anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? Sure. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, so I, I guess in terms of mascots that inspire me, I mean, the one that really started it all for me was, and, and I'm sure you've got, you've probably gotten this a bunch, um, was the Philly fanatic. Yes. <laughs> That's really the one that really, really inspired me the most. And I think part of the reason why is um, being that I'm from New Jersey and I lived about 20 to 30 minutes away from Philadelphia and pretty much everyone I went to high school with were, were Phillies fans. All I knew was the fanatic and I, I went to a bunch of games and I mean, he's easily the most exciting part of those games. And I could be biased because I'm a Mets fan. <laughs> um, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, but I, I always love the fanatic and, and it's the one thing about the Phillies that I like um, is him. So um, he's definitely one that's, that's inspired me the most, but then the, there, there's two others specifically that I look up to. And I also, I mean, all three of these, I, I look at old videos or current videos, whatever it is, orbit from the Astros, probably my current favorite, um, of them all, I that whoever whoever portrays that character, I, I, I there have been times I kid you not, I've fallen out of my desk chair just laughing from his, from his videos or, or things that he does. So I'm a major major fan of Orbit, and then I also love Benny the Bull. Benny the Bull is is phenomenal, and uh, everything he does is just so great. So those are definitely the three that inspire me the most um, in terms of in terms of mascots. As for advice for future mascots, I mean, obviously have fun. Um, I mean, our job is fun and getting to do that. So, I mean, if you're not having fun inside, then most likely the character isn't having fun and the fans aren't having fun. But I, I mean, I think aside from just the have fun aspect, I think what's big is 
Um, being observant and being very aware of what's going on around you and, and listening for certain things, working hard um, and, and being creative, um, it's, uh, obviously, to me, are, are two others. And then I think the biggest thing and one thing that I kind of picked up, and I think part of the reason why um, I've gotten to where I am now is just do as much as you can. Do as many appearances as, you're, as you can with also making sure that you're keeping a nice work and work and life balance and you're not going to hurt your body or anything, but getting as much experience as you can, whether it's in different sports, different types of events, different suits, all different things, because you never know when certain things you've learned earlier on are going to come back and help you um, or whatever, or, or different experiences that you might, you might've gone through and how you can all maybe change those. Maybe you, maybe you didn't like the way you reacted to something the first time you did it. So now that if it comes up a second time, you now know how you would want to react or things like that. So I would say just getting to do as much as you can. I think one of the things that um, I really benefited from is I've actually gotten to do or, or be the mascot for a bunch of different sports. And soccer was one area before, before I got here that I, I never really touched um, in terms of working for a team or anything like that. And then I got here and now, I'm, now I can add soccer to the list. Um, like, so for me, I've done soccer, baseball, basketball, hockey. Don't think I've done football. Yeah, I, yeah, I have not done football. I've worked in football, but I've never been a mascot in football. So it's maybe that's the only other one that I haven't done. But I, I think just getting to do as much as you can, so you can learn from those experiences, that would be um, my probably one of my biggest takeaways. And then I guess I think it was the last one you had for me um, was was shout outs. Yeah. Um, and I definitely do have a couple of shout outs that I definitely want to give out because there there are there are some, some people specifically that have really helped me get to where I am today. And I would have to thank them. So, I mean, I think first and foremost um, would be my family, specifically my parents, because if it wasn't for my parents kind of take, I mean, they, they, they took me to a bunch of mascot appearances when I was younger. I mean, they, they kind of helped me with that. And they're also the ones that came to so many of my, of my different games or appearances just because they wanted to watch me. Um, And to kind of even bring it full circle, they're actually, coming to Reno to come, to come see me uh, do some, to be Archie in a couple of weeks. Um, and that's going to be their first time seeing that. So I, I mean, I have to thank them because they've been the biggest support system for me and all this. And they've kind of always been the ones to say, yeah, like keep doing this. Like, like there's something there and, 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 and you should keep doing this. Um, because I've had other people look at me and say, man, this is stupid. Like what are you, what you're doing is just dumb or whatever it is. Haters. However, they've always been behind, <laughs> behind, behind me saying, no, like, don't, don't listen to the haters. Yeah. You keep doing your thing. So, I mean, I definitely have to shout them out. A couple others, I mean, I would say were, uh, were, was my guidance counselor in middle school and then the middle school principal, um, which was Mr. Williams and Mr. Ronkin. Um, they were the ones who kind of really got this whole mascot thing started for me. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for them, kind of creating the suit and then letting me get to do so much when I was in middle school. I mean, that's really where my passion built was from, was from there and, and because of them. Um, so I would say them. And then probably the last, the last one I would have would be a gentleman by the name of Scott Keith, who uh, he runs what's called one time show productions, which is a mascot production production company. And it's pretty much like the, like it's like a, a mascot agency, essentially. He was the one who brought me into that and really introduced me to a lot of people. He introduced me to one of the Philly fanatics um, and, and a bunch of other mascots in the, in the tri-state area, just kind of 
not only introducing me to other people, but also getting the opportunities to do other mascot work and whether it was for just private companies um, or teams or whatever it may be, he just gave me so much more work and connections to where I, I really helped grow as a mascot. And, and he also taught me so many things that I, that I've learned today. Um, and I, and he was one of my, one of my big mascot mentors. So I'd, I'd have to definitely give a little shout out and thanks to, to Scott as well. Awesome. Well, I definitely want to shout uh, you out because you took the time to to talk with me and thank you. I really appreciate you reaching out and it was towards the end of like the, I guess the first part of this all when it started, um, but I was already ending the show and then so, but I'm glad that, you know, you were still interested when I decided, you know, bring it back for a, a little while summer series. Shout out to your parents. Definitely like I understand the the supportive parents part so yeah shout out to your parents and shout out to all those teachers out there who uh, i don't know like i think that's cool that you still remember like your teachers that helped you i mean oh just to give you like a little story and and this was probably one of the coolest moments um that i've had um so those so those those two guys i named in particular mr williams and mr ronkin i uh, after i was done at the middle school i there i built i built like as a as an eighth grader so i'm like uh, i guess 14 at the time I built like a friendly relationship with them when I was in middle school and we always, and we stayed in contact and I'm on, like I'm on Facebook with them now. And I, and we've been on Facebook together for years, um, but we've always stayed in contact and probably the coolest moment was, um, I believe it was my freshman year of high school. I got a message from, I believe it was Mr. Williams who had said, Hey, me or myself, Mr. Ronkin, who was the, who was the other gentleman that, that helped me, that helped me. And then two other teachers were taking a trip to Arizona, they're going to specifically be in Phoenix, which is right next to where ASU was during a specific time. And they said, we would love to see you. And so I said, better yet, what if you guys come to an ASU baseball game and you can see me get to be Sparky at a game? And they were all in for it. So I ended up getting them tickets. And it was probably the coolest moment when I first saw them for the first time, probably, I don't know, I think it was a couple of years to that point. And I was in, I, I was Sparky and I bumped into, I, I like, I, I went right up to them and we got a photo together. And to me, it, it, to me, that was like one of the coolest moments just because the people who started this obsession and passion of mine then got to see me do it on the college level and they were out there getting to see me do it. And so um, not only does it to me just show the impact that they made on me, but I mean, the impact that teachers can have on students um, and I, and obviously vice versa, but um, I just, I mean, how cool, I mean, to me that my teachers and the guys that started got to see me do it on one of, on, on a higher level. And, and if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't have been even in that position. No. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I love that. And I mean, you work with so many kids, but not a lot of kids come back to like, tell you like, Hey, like you helped me through this or, Hey, I'm still doing this. So like when I do, you know, get a parent or like I see a kid out at Target or something and they tell me like, like, Hey, like I'm still running or like, I'm still like doing this or like, yeah, like I'm, I'm over here, like at this college, like running, like, I don't know, like that, that's, the best feeling in the world it's like oh like they they remembered me and like oh, i actually like helped someone like in this life you know you never know who you're gonna like influence and stuff um i mean you definitely try but you never know like you uh, some kids leave and then they never come back to like tell you i mean i mean you're just a teacher but yeah like i don't know so that that really is i i mean it means a lot to me when when they tell me like hey yeah i'm still running and i, I ran this or that and so yeah that's really cool so I'm glad to hear that story. Yeah. Shout out to those <laughs> teachers 
And um, yeah, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And of course, yeah, this, this was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I could talk about this for hours and hours. But, <laughs> um, I mean, th- I mean, then th- thank you for uh, thank you for having me on. I, I mean, I appreciate it. I know I like you said, I kind of reached out to you because when I had seen about this, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like, I'd love to be a part of it. Um, and so I'm, gl- I'm glad uh, that you decided to do a summer series and, and include me in it as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and that was it for episode 56. I'm back, you guys. I am back for a short summer series. I'm hoping to get five interviews this summer. So that'll get me to a 60. Right now, for sure, you'll get 58. And I have 59 scheduled. So um, I'm talking to people like I, it's just a matter of scheduling. But if you want to reach out, maybe if that last person <laughs> doesn't come through, I'll, uh, I'll need a backup. So <laughs> so I hope you guys have been well. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of like what I did between the last show and now. And I, I think you guys heard, I mean, if you listen to the episode, you heard that little drama with uh, with that chick at the part-time job and I was the Easter Bunny. I think I'm in, guys. I think, you know, from here on out, I could for sure say that I'm going to be the Easter Bunny um, <laughs> for my part-time job. And yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. And there was a bunch of drama at the end. And uh, there was a lot of mascot birthday parties I posted on my Instagram and Twitter. There was Chuck's birthday party. That was definitely fun. Bailey's birthday party. I don't even know. Like, did you, did I tell you about those? (laughs) Uh, I think that was when I, I had just put out the last episode and then I had those mascot birthday parties and I didn't get to tell you about them. And and that's when it hit me and I got really sad. (laughs) I didn't get to tell you about Chuck's birthday party and Bailey's birthday party. I got to meet Hooper. And then like the summer birthday parties came up. So it was Thunder's birthday party and and Cosmo's birthday party. Yeah. And I got to meet a couple other minor league baseball (laughs) mascots. So that was pretty funny. It was fun to meet Parker from the Fresno Grizzlies. I want to say, man, don't make me name the team. And Dinger from the Sacramento River Cats. And then who else was there? I don't know. I always love seeing Kingston. I got to see him at Cosmo's birthday party. I always love bugging mascots to take pictures with my big mascot ring, which was, you know, given to me by Engineered to Entertain. I'm going to Seattle to see Pearl Jam in August and I'm taking my ring with me. I am going to <laughs> reach out to the Seattle mascots and see if they're doing any appearances. I already checked schedules and there's, oh, man, one Seahawks practice game. Um, but I think that's going to be like out of my budget. <laughs> like Seriously, I'm like, and like a big chunk of my time in Seattle. So I'm like, do I really want to go to a a football game maybe blitz will be doing an appearance that's like not a football game i don't know we'll see but i i hope to take at least one picture with a mascot even if it's like a bowling pin mascot i don't care anyways thanks for listening as always and take care